If a band has no social media, do they make a sound? In the case of Orange County, California hardcore band Fury, the answer is a resounding f yes. The band released the critically acclaimed album Paramount in 2016 and followed it up with the ironically titled Failed Entertainment on Run For Cover Records. A new release rife with body-slamming riffage, thunderous drums, and the confident scream of Jeremy Stith. And yep, Fury doesn't exist online. Sure, there's a video or two floating around on YouTube, and you can find out dribs and drabs on their record label sites, but otherwise the band is trapped in 1996. And unapologetically so. There's something romantic about that. Something that seems more legitimately punk rock instead of short-sighted. Jeremy Stith meets me at Dangerously Delicious Pies in downtown Washington, D.C. A bespectacled young man <laughs> in knee-high white sweat socks. Later that night, he'll be center stage upstairs at Pie Shop, headlining an all-ages hardcore showcase. And it's clear early on that I will be the oldest and baldest attendee at this party. My slacks and flowered button-down shirt, a needle in a haystack full of t-shirt-wearing, chain-smoking, underage coffee drinkers waiting to power nod to some aggressive music. But Jeremy Stith, whose voice recalls Henry Rollins during his Black Flag heyday, he's a pussycat. A self-deprecating gentleman. He's got a goofy laugh and more than a few cool stories about how he got involved with Fury. He also knows more about music and movies than the average 20-something, belting out obscure film titles as if his life depended on it. Referencing Brian De Palma, John Cassavetes, Penny Marshall, Catherine Bigelow, like a rabid dog who needs more, more, more cinema in his life. We talk about his struggles too. And when the interview that comprises episode 99 of the Independent Minded Podcast is over, Jeremy Stith shakes my hand and thanks me. Then he heads outside to commiserate with his people. For a guy whose band isn't on social media, he seems like he could still be the mayor of Hardcore Town. Me, I go sit at a picnic table, eat a slice of chicken pot pie, and read my book. Sitting there in my flowered shirt, inhaling caffeine and nicotine, none of it my own. It's been almost a year in DC, a year of doing these guerrilla-style interviews. And that familiar should I be here, I'm just glad to be here mix of emotions once again rises to the surface. Because as much as I enjoy the live music, the conversations, the backstage passes, the occasional free ticket and free beer, the experience is what keeps me coming back for more. I get to find out what makes Jeremy Stith and people like him tick, what it takes to get him in the van with his musical brothers, and as he puts it, scream for 20 minutes a night as he and the band shoehorn their way across the country. It's all vital information for me, the guy's still releasing his own music, trying to figure out why it still matters, if it still matters. Jeremy and I talk about failed entertainment, Weird Al, stage fright, and being a better boyfriend. Kicking things off with Angels Over Berlin from Fury's new album, then my conversation with Jeremy Stith, right here on Independent Minded.
Fury album is Failed Entertainment. And right off the bat, I need to ask about the ironic title. I like doing things tongue-in-cheek. That's just, I get my rocks off doing that. Our last record was called Paramount, and that came of as, I was just kind of being a brat and trying to <laughs> not listen to so many people call something important right away. Like, everything was just important right away or iconic, forcing it into the zeitgeist. So I thought it would be tongue-in-cheek to be like, oh, like I'm, I'm just going to name my record important and get it out of the way um so this was, i guess this was the flip side to that but it came i had written a lyric about entertain as a, as a verb like a feeling to entertain certain thoughts that maybe i should be i always like the word entertain and entertainment i like um like the monologue in raging bull the first one he has when he's like rehearsing in the mirror talking about like that's entertainment you know i, I, yeah. and I like the gang of four the record entertainment oh, it's he's one a of my, cinephile it's one of my favorite records and i just liked how it looked so like it kept kind of blurring around and then one day I had been reminded about Infinite Jest how the the running title was a failed entertainment um, and he's well while read he was, while he was writing it <laughs> you're a well-rounded individual Jeremy so Smith I can tell I, right off the bat I please <laughs> tell this to my mother and father <laughs> well, hopefully they'll listen uh, and so it, once that came back into my my cosmos it seemed like the obvious choice. I thought, it, I thought, it, and I like, I, I really, to be honest, I really wanted something that was five syllables as stupid as oh, that I, might sound too. No, that sounds very, I um, wanted it to be two words. I, I wanted it to be like a two syllable word than a three, but one in four is that works for me enough. How deep down the rabbit hole do you go when it comes to shit like that? Song titles, length of songs, what order should the songs be in on an album? Do you really dig into stuff like that, or? It, yeah, I couldn't dig deep. That's that's where I get my rocks. That's my that's favorite your part. OCD, yeah. That's my yeah. I'm the same way with the song order. That's something that I get to go deep with, but with like Maddie and, and the guys. It's a collaborative um, yeah. decision. That's that's big with us. And Maddie, our guitarist, he, he writes everything. This is this is his in in my opinion. This is his his band. And he produces the albums too, right? Uh, yeah, to, we record them at his studio. Like the demo and the sevens we did in his bedroom. He's a film guy. He went to film, like he got a film degree. Um, and naturally he joined the hardcore band. And yeah, well, he had been doing it prior to that. And he just kept, the bug came back when he moved back home after school. I think he writes really cinematically with like a lot of atmosphere, not just like chorus pedals, but actual, a real depth of, of I think, emotion. There is a great arc and some, they're not all the same, like, a B A B kind of arcs, like how a, a movie would be. I think I think there's a good pace, and it's not like he. We all had this master plan, like oh, we wanted this and this and this. It really is like, as we go, we kind of figure out what we're doing, and we kind of see where our minds are taking us, I guess, and put it together that way. Maybe how like a movie is put together with editing and and soundtrack and all that. Fury is an Orange County, California hardcore band. I grew up in the Brooklyn hardcore scene. This is California hardcore. For the layman, yeah. can you explain the difference? That's funny. I, my, I'm in a band called Layman, so in my head, I, that just reminded me. I have to. Ch I, they hit up the group. Clearly our minds have, have melded. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think there is an underlying, you know, human condition aspect to both of them that drives people to want to be in loud, fast bands that scream. Like, it's screaming for 20 minutes a night. That's, a, that's a, what insane people do, you know what I mean? But we're, see, we're supposed to seem like we're logical well-rounded people i never thought of it that way california i guess maybe is more laid back in a certain way than than maybe new york is and and maybe not as tough as new york um and i think just the, maybe the problems are different and the weather's different i'm sure that it has a 
that's a variable in there somewhere. But the feeling deep, deep, deep down is, I'm sure, very similar. It just maybe looks a little different. I'm probably a little older than you, and I grew up on the outskirts of the scene because I played drums and sang in metal bands growing up. But the hardcore scene in Brooklyn, it was a scene that probably was unfairly associated like with violent behavior. Oh, yeah. I think that might be the difference between the East Coast and in California, maybe, is we would just mosh in, in parking lots because we had lots of big shopping mall parking lots. Yeah, you couldn't so, break any lamps. Yeah, in exactly. The so lot. we would just like, <laughs> someone would like blast their trucks, boom box, you know, in the car, and we would just mosh to like some betray you or some terrible metalcore when I was in middle school, you know what I mean? And where did you grow up? I was born in Whittier and grew up there until around middle school, high school, and then I moved to Orange County. Yorba Linda is like a North Orange County little suburb. And the band got started in 2014. You yeah. put out a demo on a DC label. Monster's Delight, rest in peace. No longer in existence. No. And then you kind of been bouncing around. You were on Triple B. Mm-hmm. Now you're on Run For Cover. They're all our best friends. We've met Sam at Triple B through the guys in Monster's Delight. And we met the guys at Run For Cover through through Sam. Sam, who does Triple B, has known Jeff, who owns Run For Cover since they were... I think they said when they were 15 or 16 in high school, you know what I so mean? So you're in the system. Yeah, it's just, we're, you know, these are all people that are around us. And Sam, even with Triple B, like he put out the new record as well. Like in a, he did a, his own color of it. So we're still with, you know, he's still our, our family. Uh, but no, that was never, never had a plan like that. We just wanted to, to make records and, and we just got really lucky that people wanted to put them out and, and we got to keep growing, I guess. I snooped around on the web. I watched a video of you buying vinyl records oh yeah, yeah so i want to talk about jeremy stith the unlikely music fan oh yeah you pulled out a, a shit ton of records but you kicked it off by telling the cameraman that you were at the moment listening to ryuichi sakamoto <laughs> and one of my favorite albums of all time paul's boutique it's great and you said that you you spent hours on your bike listening to the Last Emperor soundtrack? Yes, 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 yes. Do you ever think while you're riding your bike to work, like, I'm the only person on the planet right now that's on a bike listening oh, no. to the Last <laughs> Emperor soundtrack? No. You think uh, there's you, somebody you, else out there? I don't, I don't know. I hope so. Who's biking uh, to the Last Emperor soundtrack? Yeah, I, I hope so. No, I mean, it did mind, win Best Picture, right? It I don't won, think I've seen the it Last It won nine, nine out of the nine Oscars it was up for that year. Uh, you and I got to start a movie Bernardo Budalucci. Bernardo Budalucci. Um, yeah, I got everything. It's a big epic, but it's 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 incredible. You're pulling records out of the bins, and you clearly know your shit. But you're not just talking about hardcore bands. You pull out a Radiohead Pablo Honey, which yeah. is as old as you are. Yeah. You've pulled out Stevie Wonder and Jackson Brown. And granted, these are heritage acts, well-known acts, oh, rock yeah. and roll Hall of Famers. Oh, yeah. How do you have such a wealth of knowledge? First off, I, I live in California. We're always in our car, so the radio's always on. So I always, oh, I was always, there. I was always listening to oldies with my mom and Loving Spoonful and and Jackson Five and all that. And then and my dad had, my dad had his favorites. He loved Wings. He told me recently that he remembers when Nevermind came out, and he was just like, oh, like I like these songs. I'll pick them up, like just as a casual fan. Music was never like pushed away, but it was always, it was always welcomed, I guess, in our house. And then when I went to, when I was in, in school, my friends were just into music. I, I became friends with um, my now roommate, Riley, and, and she had the Cure shirts and, and Sex Pistols and all that. And, and I guess it just like snowballed from there. It's, I guess it was just around. And I was definitely taking in a lot of stuff that's embarrassing, but like, 
maybe it was embarrassing, but like to me, it's not anymore. Like that band, Motion City soundtrack. Like I grew up going to those shows and 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 being a little sweaty kid, but I listen to that now, and I'm like, this is great. Like this is if they opened up for the cars, it would make sense. Like people who had never heard of them would still be like, oh, this is great pop music. You know what I mean? What is in your vinyl collection that would surprise Fury fans? Oh, a lot of Randy Newman. There's like a Muppets. Uh, Christmas record we have like a, and there's like a Hawaiian Muppets one maybe it's, old school Muppets Christmas yeah, or yeah, yeah. Muppet Christmas Carol probably I think old school, I got a little right? bit of but whatever one is John Denver yes the John oh, that's Denver classic one. Yeah. you're talking to a huge uh, Muppets <laughs> guy right here yeah. but I'll, I'll accept Randy Newman that's a great choice yeah he's the best scored The Natural worked mm. with one of, one of my favorites Harry Nielsen mm. have you listened to I love Harry Nielsen Nielsen too. Sings Newman no I'll do that on this one we listened to some Harry Nielsen on the way All right. on the way out on this um, tour uh, the respect is just through the roof right now How does a guy like this who has a taste in that sort of music wind up the singer in a hardcore band? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I was fooled into doing the band, to be honest. Explain. I I play in another band with Madison, our guitarist, called Pocket Knife. We're kind of, we're on the fritz right now. We're just taking a break right now. Him and I both went to school up north. I didn't graduate, but but he did up in the Bay Area. And we both came home around the same time and... We kind of became better friends out there. He's a few years older than me. Being out there, we became better friends. And so we moved back and we, he wanted to start doing bands again. He had done bands before college that I really looked up to. That's kind of how I got into everything. So we, we just started bands and one of them was that one. And he was sending me voice memos this is when iPhones were, they had voice memos. Well, they sell voice memos. The, the beginning of that stuff. That was, it blew my mind. It still blows my mind. But he was sending me a bunch of ideas. You could exchange ideas in that way, right? Yeah, it's, it, it was so fast. And, He's a really prolific writer, so he would—he was always sending me things. And out of the blue, he's like, "Hey, what do you think of these, you know, four or five riffs? Like, not for pocket knife, but just what do you think of them?" And it was basically the, the blueprint for the the demo. And I just told him right away, "Oh, this is—I love this. This is great. Like, please do this band. You know, like I hope I hope this happens because there's a million bands he, that never saw the light of day in the same circumstance." Sure. And then he kind of asked me, if, "What would I think about singing in it?" And I said, "No way. Like, I—I I, I would never do that." Um, I, I played it, I, you know, I played in other bands, but just the idea of doing that, I, it didn't, it just scared me. I didn't, I, I'd been around hardcore and punk my, for the better half of my life at that point. The bands I like that are in hardcore are incredible musicians. As I know, I know that's a genre that's not supposed to do that, but I think it's kind of how the Ramones are. They've kind of played dumb, but really it's like these really proficient songs. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, that's kind of what hardcore, I just didn't feel that I lived up to how good Maddie could be playing and, and the type of band it could have been basically. Long story short, he just was like, oh, we'll do a couple of shows maybe. You know, we, there was, we, you need a local band at shows for tours. You know, we'll play like one or two shows. Let's just do like a recording project. And once, once he said that, I, I was like, okay, I'll turn it into like, it'll be like an art project for me. I'll be, this is a nice outlet. Less pressure on you, right? Yeah, less pressure. And then I just got really into it. And it, it didn't suck right away. And they gave me a lot of confidence and were really encouraging. And that's a long explanation, I guess, why I got hoodwinked into doing it. But... I I don't know. I just like all that stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I my I don't have like music parents or like art parents, movie parents, like quite the opposite. My mom's a hairdresser, which I think is a is an artistic job, maybe one of the most artistic jobs out there. Like everyone's head is different. You're talking to the wrong guy. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry about that. But, no, no. It's- <laughs> <laughs> but sh- and then my my dad works uh, in the newspaper business. He's a circulation manager. He works with numbers, you know. He likes Goodfellas and 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 Wall Street and you know, those are his flicks. You know, I right? know those are my flicks too. But my mom, you know, what my mom would do is, is something that her uh, her godparents would do is they would wake her up on a Thursday night, real late, and go, "Hey, let's go, to, let's go to a movie," you know. 
and my mom would do that all the time and and she looking back now she was a she was a movie head but she she can tell you all the actors but she'd i'll bring even nowadays i'll just be like hey you know you ever seen i just saw repo man last night you ever you know what she was oh yeah i saw that but you know i love blah 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 and i'm like i i've spent years that we could have discussed these things I grew up in a time of when MP3s and and, and media fire links, and I can just go on a, a message board and find everything I would ever need in ten yeah. minutes. You know what I mean? You spoiled rotten. It's spoiled rotten. It's flat out. <laughs> Do you remember the first show you ever saw? First live show? We were just talking about this the other day. We was Weird Al at the OC Fair, <laughs> running with Scissors tour. Not only has Weird Al been a guest on this podcast, you're but, kidding me. Uh, I've met Weird Al three times. And actually hugged him, like physically when hugged him. I have the photograph to prove it. When did you interview him? Uh, episode seven. Oh, this okay. is like going to be episode 99. Oh, so cool. it goes back a ways. I wow. Mean, it's funny that you bring up Weird Al because he comes up often in conversations with my girlfriend. She thinks he's, he's the, like best, the most uncool guy on the planet. And I, I, I'm trying to explain to her. Maybe you can chime in on this. Oh, I, don't, I'm, I'm just, I just grew up. That was something my dad had cassette tapes of all those old CDs and it was because it was funny it was like kind of a way for him I think deep down he wanted to listen to Howard Stern in the car but really he would put on you know he could at least this was kind of funny a little more family friendly very family friendly (laughs) what I explained to my girlfriend is that Weird Al just transcends music and he's just larger than life at this point and not only that he is like one of the most kind gentle nice human beings that I've ever had the pleasure of like having a conversation with he seems like a great guy we talked about the title of the record already and i, I just want to i want to read a couple of lines quotes from you from <laughs> the press release and i want to get a little dark and deep with you here yes before we get back I to, need, i'm feeling dark and deep back deep down i've been playful so far but <laughs> it's kind of been a rough day why oh I've, i messed up yesterday i i I planned to talk to my girlfriend on the on the phone i knew she was gonna have a busy day yesterday she's going to she's at a going to law school but she has a, an internship at the moment and uh, you know during the day she was also saying she was you know um, just let you know I'm having kind of having a bad day and the day when I end up getting to the venue I just the day got away from me in a, in a million different ways and looking back I easily could have picked up my phone at some point and and just told her that and I just didn't and by the time I realized I had made a mistake it had been too late and I texted her a little bit today but I still haven't talked to her so that's it's messed up. Well, this is your chance to I apologize in front of millions of podcast listening people. I messed up. I really? I should have done should have done better. Do you want to address her directly? You think? Oh, I love you, Sam. You know, I, I love you so much. I'll, All right, I'll talk to you. Sam, I'll talk to Sam. you in a, like, a hopefully in an hour. Forgive or so. him, Sam. All right. So I, I hate to stay on the on the subject no, of darkness, keep it going. but a common theme in the press release is the struggle. I'll read it verbatim. A period of time marked by as many difficulties as successes. This is referring to the time between the Paramount album and the new album. And you're quoted as saying, I've asked myself, why have I done this? And why do I continue to do this more times in the last two years than the rest of my life combined? Yeah. Now, when you say this, are you referring to this being Jeremy Stith, lead singer of Fury? I like that you asked that because I kept it vague on purpose. Uh, well, that's why the podcast exists for me to unlock it. these mysteries. I do love it. Um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a bunch of things. It was many things. Day-to-day things like what I was just talking about. Why do I... I've made this mistake before in the past of, of not letting someone know that I that something was happening to make to, to let them stop waiting. And I, I try to have some blind faith. Maybe there's something that keeps me from doing that for some reason. I don't know what insecurities or... or or just trusting that the other person understands what I'm doing or where I'm coming from at that moment, which which isn't true, especially when I'm 3,000 miles away. 
so I, the, uh, that's what I'm asking myself today. Why, why do I keep, why did I do it again? I told her I wouldn't do this again, but I did it again. But the uh, stuff with relationships, with, even with loved ones or, or my family and, and, or friends, or, and, and like what you said about doing the band, like why do, why do I scream for 20 minutes every night? It can't be just because I like being seen. It's quite the opposite. I don't, that, it's terrifying to be up there. But there has to be a reason why I do it. And, and I think I'm, I'm figuring out, I, I just like to communicate with people. I like connecting with people. I think that's why I like so many different, I'm constantly looking for new things and different things because I love that click that happens like 10 minutes into something when you're like, I'm in, this person's talking to, to me. And I think in some way I, 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 I get to talk to people subconsciously through this. Why are you terrified? Oh, it's scary, the lights and stuff. <laughs> and like, yeah, I don't know, you can mess up, you can look, you, you look, it's just classic walking into a new classroom in high school shit, like you can look dumb, you, but it, when you get past it, it's the be, it's the greatest feeling, and it happens. Right. I can look behind me and I can see my, my friends. Luckily, I don't wear my glasses when we play, so I really don't have to see people, which is great. I get the luxury of having really loud guitars and drums behind me and, and people are moving and, and it's in a, a culture and a, a thing that, that encourages those things. When I look at like a stand-up comedian or something, I I am in awe. Right. Like, or better yet, even going to theater and like seeing a play like that's on a whole other. Those are superhumans. So I'm I have the luxury of being a fake superhuman for a little bit, but it's fun getting past that and feeling really facing good. facing your fears. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you're talking to a guy who like was super shy in middle school, high school, couldn't like approach a girl. And if I did, it, it just, I was not cool yeah. at, while doing it. I started playing in bands, I guess, when I was like 16. And then seriously playing in bands, like when I was 20, 21. Yeah. My parents would come see me play. And my friends would come see me play. And they'd be like, who is this guy? It was unexpected to see me jumping around like a, like yeah. a, like a bouncing ball on stage. Yeah. And <laughs> eventually I graduated from playing the drums and singing to being a front man. So I get it. There's nobody in front of you yeah, no. except the crowd. No, you know? it's a really tiny microphone. And then you have to engage with people like with the microphone. Yeah. So I would try to plan out a set where I only have to talk here and here. Yeah. And the rest of the time, let's just segue right out of one song right into the next. But many of our friends utilize that. So in Very a way, well. being in a hardcore band for you is like skydiving when you're afraid of heights. <laughs> yeah. If you were like obsessed with skydiving as a kid. The first time I heard Failed Entertainment, I thought Henry Rollins. That rules. The way you kind of inflect, the way you kind of scream, but there is a sort of like guttural singing to it really reminded me of Black Flag. We love Rollins' band. That's like huge for me. Another and guest on the podcast, Henry me, Rollins. Me, 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 and, me and our drummer, Alex, that's one of our bands. I, I love Rollins' band. When you talk about how there's been personal struggles, emotional struggles, this is touring one-on-one. You put a record out, you get in the van, and you play as many places as possible to let people know the record's coming out. And then you go back home. As the record is about to be finished, you know you're going to be playing around the country. You're going to be away from your people. Yeah. What gives you the motivation to do it? Is it just the fact that you're really proud of the record and your bandmates are relying on you? Is it something more personal? I'm proud of it. We're, I, we're all proud of it. This is one of the rare times when I think everything that I tried to do, I think we, we, we did. I don't see the, the cringy flaws I might have seen in, in things of past. I think that's something that I would have to go to um, a few years of therapy to really try to figure out 
a part of it's got to be I want to plant my flag as deep as I can and, and make it known that I was here. And, and I think a big part of it is maybe what we talked about earlier, which is just wanting to communicate with people as, as well as at this point, we've been doing this for a few years. And this is really one of my only chances I get to see a lot of my friends outside of our where we live. That's a big part of it. And another part of it is just is, yeah, we want to we have a tiny window to to get the record as far out there as we can in, in the time that we have it because our the fact is our friends did invest in us and and we are more than happy to to do this this is we, i i do love it it's it, it's tough and i was waiting for you to admit that you love it, it, it took, i love it, it. I, I love <laughs> it i wouldn't do it there's no way i would do something like this if i wasn't a hundred percent in it this is the first tour i've had in a long time when the things that i really miss back home or maybe the things I'm messing up, I can, it's not bogging me down. I think it's really making everything a lot richer. My, that's kind of how my, my girlfriend put it for, for herself. And I, that was really encouraging for me because I, I felt the same way. Good for you. Thank, thank she you. Sounds like, she sounds like she's a lovely woman. I love her. I hope I marry her someday. She's, she's oh, a lovely Oh, wow. I love her yeah, so it's much. on tape. When I was doing some online research for Fury, I was infuriated because either you're not on social media or you're impossible to find on social media. There are other furies out there. We're not on social media. And is this an intentional thing? It just didn't, we, we're not, it's not a, it's just not us, you know? It's yeah. just, and, and the bands that we looked up to, they didn't have it, they don't need it. Like that's, we're not trying to sell ourselves. Like we have personal ones like everyone else and the label is gonna reach a hell of a lot more people than any of us could combined. Um, even if we paid, paid for the, for followers, you know what I mean? So. I don't. Paying there's no need. To, is that something people do? There's no need. To, uh, maybe not. But you're um, pulling back the curtain. Yeah. Mr. Well, Rob. it's super refreshing to hear that because my personal opinion about social networking from the get-go, necessary evil, I guess, has been the best way to describe it. Yeah. I worked at a top forty radio station where, at some point, the switch was flipped, and it was all about letting as many people on the airwaves know like what your Instagram handle was. Yeah. So you could just amass followers. Yeah. I don't say this to make myself sound like the cool, like Judd Nelson and the Breakfast Club yes. guy. Yes. I always thought it sounded like pandering and it sounded petty and it was a false representation of what popularity and intimacy meant. You also have to have the motivation to be like a used car salesman for yeah. yourself. We're so not like that. So the so fact that you're consciously not doing it and no one's really forcing you to do it. When I first started doing the podcast, I would talk to bands and they would have 17 Twitter followers and they'd only posted like twice. Yeah. And it was almost something like to scold them about. Like, guys, you got to like, if you want more people to know you, you got to. Yeah, you got to put yourself you, out You got to engage with your fan base on these little devices all day. Yeah. But the flip side of it and the amount of time and energy that's put into being that used car salesman is very detrimental to the artist, I think, yeah. in a lot of ways. The used car salesman could be spending that time building a nice car. Is kind of, how, I guess, how I see I it like at that. this point. I'm like going to keep that. I'm going to keep that yeah. in the podcast, Jeremy. Thank you. <laughs> I hope so. We're backstage at Pie Shop. The backstage area has been invaded by pie-loving individuals. Jeremy Stith, Fury. Hell yeah. Thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank All you, right, man. man.
Crazy horses run free. Earlier in the podcast, we heard Angels Over Berlin, both off the album Failed Entertainment on Run For Cover Records. Get the goods, find out more, runforcoverrecords.com. Big thanks to Jeremy for the kick-ass conversation. Brian at Run For Cover for putting us together. The fine folks at Pie Shop for letting me roam the hallways. And hey there, sexy. Yeah, you. Thank you for listening to Independent Minded on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, a smorgasbord of platforms. Follow it all online at Bald Freak Music and get the full enchilada, including archived episodes of the podcast at baldfreak.com. And if you're a fan of indie music, if you've got the DIY spirit, if you've got a creative spark in you, be part of the podcast. Send me your vitals. It's ron at baldfreak.com. Next time on Independent-Minded Milestones Galore, in the form of a new sponsor, Bloom Farm CBD. More on them next time. The bottom line is I sold out. And a true milestone, especially for all you numerologists out there, episode 100 with a very special guest. So special, I can't say who it is. Or maybe I'm bluffing and I don't have a guest book yet. Draw your own conclusions. 